Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with David Hensel. And David and I actually had a conversation couple weeks ago, I think is what it was. And I was just so impressed with what he's done, where he's been going with his company. I'm like, we've got to get you on the show. Um, you're about to hear him all over the place because he's going on this podcast tour, it sounds like, <laughs> promoting what they're doing. So I'm excited to have him on here. David is the CEO of UpCoach and a multiple times successful entrepreneur. I'm super excited to have him here because his take on how to build a successful company is coming from a place of experience. And I love to bring this type of guest on because you can know that what they're saying isn't theoretically what they'll they would do it's pretty much what they've done <laughs> so david say what's up to everybody and let's hop in man thanks for having me on the show josh excited to be here no problem all right well let's hop in so i'm going to ask you a million dollar question so if you had to start a business again completely from scratch you have no network you have no website no logo nothing what would you do to build a successful business within, let's just say, 90 days to six months? All right. So, but I still know what I know, right? It's not that. Yeah, yeah your knowledge is still there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, acquiring customers, I'll probably do via cold outreach. And this is something I'm doing right now for UpCoach, which is working like phenomenally well. Um, we use a tool called Meet Alfred, which is an, a LinkedIn automation tool. And I'm sending out a very simple message, which basically says, um, hey, Josh, we've built up coach with coaches like you in mind, or being even more specific, like with sales coaches or with people who run masterminds, kind of being very specific. May I send you a quick video that shows you how it works? Because this is very benign. It's not like, hey, buy my stuff. It's not, hey, let's jump on the call. You know, it's like you don't really want something from them. You give them something that could be of value for them. And I have a... 49 to 52% response rate, which is mind blowing on, on cold traffic. You know, it's like on, 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 you know, it's people who've never heard from me. And, um, you know, then I sent them the video and then they see how we can help you. And then um, uh, this leads to conversations or they become customers or affiliates or, you know, this works really well. So if I would be in this position of, hey, I have to, or I want to make money really fast right now this is probably my go-to thing because you know you can work a lot of other angles with seo and you know there's like a lot of different things that could work but this would probably be my my go-to since you said no no network otherwise if you're kind of known then something that works really well if you find people who have your audience and you know have them promote you which actually i think actually if you have no um you can probably still do the same pitch to multipliers. So people who have your audience and what I found in my business is there's four types of um, multipliers that you can find or people that, you know, have your audience and can recommend you. Um, the first one is um, other SaaS businesses or, or, or products where, you know, they have the same audience and you, you are complementary to this audience. The second one is um, agencies and, you know, agencies can either, uh, Yes, yeah, so, so agencies that kind of work in the same space that work with your audience, you know, but you're not competing. Um, but what works even better with agencies is individual contractors, uh, you know, consultants in the space. Because with an agency, you talk to the owner, and you build this relationship with them. But with um, with 
what's it called with, with a it still has to trickle down to the entire organization the entire agency and you know so a lot of stuff gets lost translation or then the people in the agency will not really pitch you but with an individual consultant where you can align and you know kind of with all these partnerships you want to create a win-win-win situation where you win your partner wins and the partner's audience wins um you know these individual consultants they there you have more success with these guys so they're just like closer to the customer and they they know you they build a trust with you it's just often a trust game um then you have competitors it's also something that works well if you know for example you go to a competitor who works with very large organizations or very large customers you know they often like say let's say ad agency and they only work with customers who do like 30 grand in monthly ad spend plus all the other thing other people that sign up or like you know talk to them they they're below this they you know they'll just spoil you know nothing will happen with them so they can pass these leads on to you and you know make a buck on this and um given that you give you know take good care of them and you know you're not not burning relationships so i think yeah these are the types of outreach methods or kind of drumming up business to to get started and then you know kind of really depends on on your experience and in my my situation I can coach on so many different aspects on 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 business and, and personal development. My latest passion is organizational development because I've I've seen with you know with the businesses I've built, businesses that I've built, um, how big of a difference it makes if you're if you're having a right system in mind. And Josh, in the beginning, you mentioned that you're also a huge systems nerd. It's just like, you know, it makes so much sense. And there's this amazing book called Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business by Gino Wickman, which explains the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and, you know, kind of how to set up the proper mission, vision, core values, how to have the right people in the right seats, how to figure out your 90-day goals, how to run proper meetings, etc. So I'll probably teach this to people because, um, this just, you know, has provided so much value in my business. So I'm very passionate about this so I can actually sell this, you know, and, you know, also, you know, if you sell something, if you, you know, you want to, money is a side effect of providing value. So if you figure out how to provide the most value to, you know, the, the most people, then you'll be the richest person around. So it's just like kind of about, you know, finding this value and then also being, so another thing's gonna sound super hippie, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because I'm a firm believer in this. If you sell out of love, it's gonna be very easy to sell versus selling out of fear. You know, I used to hate sales. I'm a recovering introvert. I used to also hate hate being on podcasts or being on stage. I would have preferred to shoot myself in the face versus being on stage with a lot of people. But now I'm doing it because what I have to say can potentially help you in your life and your business. You know, same, you know, kind of with, um, and, Versus, and if I'm, if I'm in this state, then I'm acting out of love, you know, because I want to help you versus if I'm acting out of fear, when I think about me, like, oh, do they think I have a weird German accent? Do they think I look weird? Do they think what I'm saying is stupid? You know, it's like, then I make it about me and then I freeze and I can't present. Same if I want to sell and I sell out of fear because I have to hit, pay my mortgage, I have to reach my number, hit my numbers, etc. Then I also can sell. You have to turn around, make it about the other person. You know, it's like, okay, Josh, how can I provide value to you and kind of like, you know, figure this out. And yeah, so I've been talking a lot. Maybe I can give you, give you a break. So you know, I would can, like to hop can, in. Like, There's a couple pieces there. I hope people are taking notes here. Um, he just played some like major value bombs, shared exactly how they're getting clients for their business. That's um, most people are 
really averse to wanting to reach out to people to cold traffic, right? Like, oh, I, I only want to work through warm. And I think it's because of what you're saying at the end there. It's they're coming at it with fear instead of with the love for the for the people. And I, I know for us, when, when we've come at it with with a sign of love, and saying like, I, I genuinely care about the results that, that you're going to have, not because it makes me more money, but because I know it's something that you need. I know this is keeping you up at night, so let me help you out. Um, and so I love that you're saying, hey, SaaS business, cold outreach, and then you're coming at an approach with love. So for you, what, how else would you scale at that point? Because obviously, you know, like I said, we're big, we're big framework nerds. So what's kind of been your framework to scale your teams? Because you've built multiple successful companies where you're not even really having to be there very often. I mean, depends on on which, which where, where do you start, you know, and if you have some 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 resources, you know, I always think um, a good manager manages himself out of the process. So you're not there anymore at some point, you know, it's kind of always the idea because um, because then you can actually really scale the business because you're not working in the business, you're working on the business. And a lot of entrepreneurs like, you know, don't make this connection, you know, like don't like, oh, I don't want to hire somebody. I could keep the money, but, you know, like actually you can kind of take it much further if you invest in this, you invest in people, you invest in these processes, you invest into the systems to actually make your business grow and thrive. And it's not about like having more money in the bank. It's it's more like kind of really buying yourself freedom to like really do the stuff that you're passionate about. And like also in your business that you can operate in your zone of genius and you can all focus on the stuff that you really enjoy doing, you know, and kind of like, you know, finding people, either finding business partners who are really good at the other parts. You know, for example, I'm, I'm not a quant, you know, I'm more of a creative person. So one of my business partners is like this super nerd when it comes to numbers and, you know, it's just kind of pairing up with people who, who, you know, support my weaknesses or the stuff that I just don't enjoy doing, you know, or, or legal stuff, you know, I hate legal stuff for the passion, you know, it's like really hard for me to grind through, through legal copies. So, you know, kind of having a good attorney that I trust and can do the stuff or having a business partner who takes this part over. I think it's really key to find people you can, can just divide and conquer and just like focus on the stuff that really makes you enjoy doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah and I, I love that. I mean, I know for me, when, when we first started our comp, our first company, people were like, Oh, you don't want to partner with, with family or friends or anything. And, and I actually tend to disagree. I think it has to do with, it doesn't matter what the relationship is to you. It has everything to do with what skill set do they actually bring to the table? Because I know I've shot myself in the foot in, in multiple businesses with partners because they brought a skill set that we didn't actually need now. We needed it later. And it made me realize, oh, okay, I should have hired in or I should have partnered with somebody who could help me establish the systems and do the things I didn't want to do first. I still had to learn how to do them because I didn't have that. But then later on, these other partners came into play and they were very, very valuable. But I probably could have just hired them on instead of giving them equity in my company. <laughs> so <laughs> for, for you, if you're coming at it, let's just say you're coming at it with low resources, what would be the kind of the first people you would hire into your company as you as you kind of move forward to scale? And, and especially with the SaaS model, I'm genuinely curious about that. I mean, with the SaaS model, since I'm not a developer, I used to be a Linux system and network engineer, like almost in the past life. I haven't really touched, uh, you know, any server or code like in or shell scripts in, 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 I don't even know, like 15 years or something like this. So in the SaaS space, of course, I have to hire developers and, you know, ideally have like a, a CTO who's on board or like a technical co-founder, you know, kind of depending on what you build. It's like a, a really 
crucial element, you know, someone you can trust, someone you spend it on that. And, um, you know, in terms of finding partners, I have like this thing, I, this, this, I think it's a Buddhist saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I kind of like really filter people in general. Like I'm, I'm very aware of like the small things they do. You know, if you're, you know, if you're, Kind of extreme examples if you're not faithful to your girlfriend or wife then you would like cheat on your business partner with us you know without even blinking you know or and this kind of even goes down to to the, the little things like are they late are they unorganized are they do they leave shit laying around on the floor like just kind of being really anal about these these small things because this is like just you are who you are you know if you're a ticket work you're also going to be a ticket home it's just like who you are who you are you know and so this, I think, is like a really important thing to to filter out who you're, you know, do, doing this business with. Yeah, I agree, and and I love that. Um, really, kind of as a as a distinction for who you're hiring, because um, I've never really thought about it that way. But it's it's really true. And if you watch a lot of people, you know, we all have that client or that customer, or whatever you're selling, who has just been a pain in your butt. They're just the worst person to work with, right? And you can directly track back in the relationship. You look backwards and you're like, man, from the first interaction, I knew this person needed too much of my time or was super whiny or, you know, like they had all these different things. <laughs> and 1000%, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it really easy if you pay attention to that to identify. We recently just had that. We turned out a $10,000 contract, which would have killed me back in the day. Uh, we just turned out a $10,000 contract because I'm like, I can't work with these people. I just can't do it, right? And Life's not short. I like them. It had nothing to do with I didn't like them, but the everything they were doing was reminding me of one customer that I just cannot, could not stand <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so I, I love that. It is. That's also really important. Like also when you scale your team, you want to, you know, to not force your team to work with unpleasant customers. You know, so we have, you know, if, if we have a really unpleasant customer, we'll fire the customer because, you know, it's important that people go to work and they're happy serving people and acting out of love, like helping people because they want to help, not because, you know, they kind of have to because, because they're customers. So I think, yeah, it's uh, an important one and it's, makes could be a little unpopular, you know, and if you want to, since it's a record podcast, you can edit it out, but, um, you know, in, in, Germany people are like very meticulous with, with this stuff. Um, for example, if somebody's always late, you will not do business with them. If somebody's like drinking like uh, too much or like has you know substance abuse, etc., you don't deal with him. If he's extremely overweight, you know you, you don't you will not do business with him, etc. So you're all cheating on on the spouse you know, because like this is like an extreme indicator that something is like unbalanced with this person in their life, and you don't want you know it's like. Picking a business partner is similar to picking a life partner. You want to be like very cautious or like you know very mindful on on what you're attracting in. Yeah, yeah, and, and I love that. I mean, really, <laughs> I don't think that needs to be filtered out. To be honest, I, I think it's a it's true life. I mean, some people will say, "Oh, well, you're judging people like the book by the cover," but the reality is, is you can find pretty quickly. I, I always give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Give them one conversation. And if that one conversation, you can just tell they're nervous, but as long as they're not showing any big red flags, typically I'll give them a second conversation or a partnership, you know what I'm saying? But it's kind of interesting to watch um, 
as you get further into that, you, it's really easy for us now, especially to identify who we don't want to work with, who we don't want to partner with, you know, because you've, you've kind of had that life experience at that point. So for you, you know, you've, you've kind of got that system in place for finding people. How then are you putting them into a system that allows you to, to scale and grow? Because the, the number one problem we see in the SaaS space is people focus all their money and their effort on making the tech amazing. But then half of those, I would say more than half of those softwares end up disappearing because they don't really have a good sales or, or marketing model around growing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So in terms of, you know, it goes hand in hand. Tech has to be amazing, but to get tech to be amazing, customer sex, customer success teams is, you know, the way to go. In the beginning, when you, when you knew, you kind of do this, you know, you kind of like are on a lot of onboarding calls, you know, also doing onboarding calls with every customer, you know, small customer or not. You know, it's just like you want to hear from them. You want to talk to everybody in the mom. There's this, um, the president after, I'm, I'm bad with US presidents, but the one after, the one that did uh, the Vietnam War, you know, went with the general who fought the general in Vietnam. They went to, you know, first time after I don't know how many years, they went to, to Vietnam and the two generals met and, you know, the American one asked the Vietnamese one, like, hey man, how could you have beat us? You know, we had more people, we had more money, we had better equipment, la la la. How in the world was this possible that you beat us? And his response was, we know the jungle better, you know? And so I had like this this habit, I'm a huge habit nerd, so I have like this habit tracker, also an up coach who has a habit tracker. And one of the habits was know, knowing the jungle. So, because I'm not a coach by training, so I want to talk to everybody on the mom to really understand what are the pain points in the coaching business, you know, kind of what do they, uh, you know, so I really understand the jungle well and kind of, yeah, so I can actually build something that's, that's really meant for, for coaching. My business partner is uh, now um, is, is Todd Herman. He's very well known coach in the US. He wrote the alter ego effect and, you know, having him on board, like kind of makes it a lot easier to have like somebody who's like really been there, done that for like, I don't know, 25 plus years. So yeah, I think that's, that's a, a key thing to really understand what, what you're building here. Oh, another tip, yeah. um, which is um, again, cold outreach when, you, when you're building a SaaS, I have this from um, the founder of WP Engine. He reached out when he was building the, the WordPress platform. He reached out to all the thought leaders in the WordPress space. And he sent them a message along the lines of like, hey, you're like thought leader in the space. Um, we're building this WordPress hosting platform. Would love to pick your brain to figure out like to build something that's actually truly amazing. Um, I'm happy to pay you your hourly rate, whatever it is. Um, let, please let's jump on the call. And he wrote this email to 90 some people and he jumped on call with 80 people uh, and uh, none of them charged him. You know, so, uh, and you know, by doing this, you kind of, A, you get really good feedback and B, you build like this network of advocates for you because, you know, people give their input, you kind of keep them in the loop, like, hey, we're building this, 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 and then you win them as, as clients, as affiliates. And, you know, I think this is like kind of really, simple and almost necessary strategy to talk to the right people and figure out what's what's important to when you want to build a SaaS. Yeah, yeah, that was, I love that distinction. And the, the funny thing is that there's so, um, people think it's so difficult to get customer feedback, but the one thing you did, and I hope people really paid attention to that, 
you found an expert in the industry, like the number one dream user of your platform, right? You, you said, hey, let's partner with him because he's going to know exactly what needs to be done on the software. He's going to know 90% of the features that need done. But then you're using that methodology where you're saying, well, let's go get 100 of these other top coaches, interview them or whatever you've got to do and get these specific needs from them. And then they become referral partners as well. Genius. I'm totally going to use that just so you know. I'll quote you twice and I'll use it. <laughs> so, David, I do want to ask you um, a couple of final questions here. So one of the first ones is you've kind of mentioned UpCoach a couple of times, but I want to give it the time that it's the justice that it needs. I mean, this the software is amazing if you're a coach. So can you kind of give us the the 10,000 foot view of what UpCoach is? So I give you the backstory and why why we built it. So I have this course called Managing Happiness, which basically helps entrepreneurs to figure out their personal mission, vision, core values, their goals, and the habits that they need to actually achieve these goals. Um, and I was working with the leadership teams of my businesses, you know, to kind of coach them on this because my thinking is if they're on their personal A game, this will you know uh, also be good for the business. And I couldn't find a platform that was, was, I found a lot of coaching platforms, but most of them were more for getting more customers in the door versus actually delivering the coaching. And me juggling already 10 different things, I didn't have that much time for coaching. Also, you know, friends of mine, other entrepreneurs took the class and they got, brought their teams. So it's like, just kind of was like too much work for me. So I need something to, to make this um, as little work for me as possible but also kind of giving the the best possible results you know and i want to really hold people accountable it was like these i did these group coachings you know eight to ten people um eight eight weeks long one one hour a week and i want to hold them accountable that they actually do what they're supposed to do and you know deliver them the best possible results you know so kind of the idea is that it's like a app coach turned out to be a coaching platform you know where you can do group coaching one-on-one -on -one coaching masterminds you know trainings etc also kind of teaching you some agencies are using it to hold their their customers accountable and to kind of like implement stuff and so building this one place where all the delivery of your coaching happens you know we also have like agendas in there because i'm german like things are very you know we talked about systems and processes i like things very organized so if like this this um agenda in there to just kind of also deliver the consistent results and also another thing since talking about systems i like to systematize stuff so we, you have like the, an online course in there you have the agendas in there you have all these let's say bumper bowling you know so you can hand it off to somebody else so somebody else can teach your methodology and again you know i kind of always want to manage myself out of the process so uh, i can just like kind of give the the idea and the framework etc and then somebody else can execute on this so i'm I'm out of out of the game again, and it's it's still growing and providing value. I absolutely love that. So, I mean, one of the one of the big um, things I wanted to point out to everybody about UpCoach is something we're actually moving our entire group coaching program over to this platform because the number one problem we see in the coaching space is fulfilling on it is very very difficult. The communications, holding them accountable. Where do you, st you put the course? You, know, do you have to have Kajabi. And the thing is they basically unified all of these fulfillment tools and put them into one place instead of saying, you've got to have 15 different tools to keep up with everybody. So 
I really appreciate it. We are actually moving our group coaching program over there, um, which is exciting. I'm stoked to do that, David. I haven't done it yet, and I'm sorry. I'm a little bit slow on the uptake, but <laughs> I'm tasking somebody to do it this week. So um, other than that, though, David, I hope everybody will go check that out. So the, the link for that, you can go to theluckytitan.com forward slash upcoach. Um, very simple URL. Make sure you go check that out. It will be in the description of the show notes as well. Um, and David, before we hop off, one final question for you. So if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance for our audience, what would that be? Make decisions out of love, not out of fear. It's my, it's my mantra. It has been serving me really well from like becoming a, uh, introvert to recovering introverts, like being better at sales, being better at managing people, being a better husband, you know, it's like just transcends in, in all areas of life, being a better leader. So uh, I think if you figure out to do this, the world will be a better place and your life will just be much better and you'll be more successful. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.